this is the old show feed for the LGBTQ podcast that gives you news and views from a non-straight perspective. We took the eight out of the name, so the podcast was renamed Not Straightcast, all spelled out as of episode 32. The last episode on this old feed is episode 35. Episode 36 and beyond are now located on the new feed. All the links are located on our website, notstraightcast.com, where you can search for Not Straightcast in your favorite podcast app. Also, visit notstraightworld.com for links to all of our websites. If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than Vox Onyx's shared website hosting plans. Vox Onyx uses SSD-powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Vox Onyx has deployed ZFS data storage to shield your website contents from corruption. Also, Voxonix will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at voxonix.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit voxonix.com to get started now. from a not straight perspective. This is Not Straightcast. Episode 28 for September 17th, 2021. Welcome to Not Straightcast. I'm Joe Cranock. And I'm Jalen Basie. Jalen Basie. <laughs> You're running out of names, aren't you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to find a new uh, a new gimmick next season. Oh, so how was your week? Uh, not too bad, actually. I've been working on school. Yeah. You know, work, you know, normal stuff. Um, this weekend, I had to work as the audiovisual technician at the bar I normally work at. And it's uh, usually one of our biggest events of the month. Was there a jello fish this weekend? Something like that, yeah. And uh, basically, I had to set up a DJ booth outside for multiple DJs, speakers, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, audio, you know, stuff like that. So, anyways, so we get that all set up and everything there. And usually, um, what the uh, group does is that they'll put a bunch of plants around their DJ booth, mm-hmm. which is basically like a folding table, and there's speakers next to it and everything. Yeah. So they go ahead and they put their um plants around there and basically it's to keep people from bumping right up against the table yeah but yeah yeah you know this week people are knocking down plants and you know it's like come on people you know seriously Mm. you can't see what's in front of you there you know and then i'm standing in the dj booth and uh they're you know these people are dancing or looking at you like you know they're on drugs or something which they probably are i don't know right (laughs) yeah uh not this time, but the last time we did it there, somebody actually knocked down one of the supports for the table. And um, 
Uh, you know, like those things you put under a bed to raise up a bed. Sure. Like plastic cones. Well, they had four of those under the table. They were to raise up the table. Oh, wow. DJ height. Yeah. Well, any, well, anyways, yeah, somebody knocked one of them down and it caused the table to start tilting forwards. Ooh. And thankfully, it was right at the end of the show. And uh, everybody just started grabbing stuff on the table. Yeah. And the table itself to keep it from collapsing. Yeah. But it was like, oh, my God, seriously, people. Anyways, I joked this time. I was like, you know what? We should put a fence around the DJ booth. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Well, I, I was kind of half kidding. You know, it's going to be like a cage that we we're going to be in. Oh, Everybody's yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> They're seriously considering it. So we don't know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that I think that what you were picturing with your joke was this big, elaborate prison like thing. But other people heard that and they were like, you know, we could put up like a little like doggy gate or something around or something to to create a perimeter. Yeah, That's exactly what's going to happen there. But what I was imagining was remember Blues Brothers and they're playing in those like really crappy bars and the people are throwing bottles at them. I don't bottles are uh, shattering against the chicken wire. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of something like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it it is funny to picture it like that, but the idea is actually kind of practical and could work. Yeah, and, and uh, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Yeah. Thank God the uh, summer season, though, is just about over in regards there with doing outdoor DJ events. Oh, yeah. I am so sick and tired of setting up and tearing down those speakers every oh, yeah. other week. I can I can imagine. Uh, on the other hand, down at the club, I'm not looking forward to losing the roof because the roof is heavily used during the spring and summer and the early fall because the temperature is fantastic. Uh, and during the winter, when it gets really cold, of course, nobody wants to hang out on the roof. So it's uh, it's not a very popular space once it gets cold. With that being said, I'm I'm going to miss the roof. But I do love fall. I love the pumpkin candles and the Netflix movie nights and making soup, good soup. And what kind of soup do you like? Good soup. But uh, soup. <laughs> have you not heard that? I have. <laughs> you have heard the good soup? No, wait. What are you talking about then? I'm, I'm thinking of Family Guy. Oh, so I've become obsessed with TikTok. Okay. It's, it started out, uh, oh wait, hang on. Let me finish my last point. Yeah. I love, I love fall. That point's done now. All right. So I, I started a, I created a TikTok account for the club. Uh, and the reason is it is currently the most popular social media. Uh, it is becoming, you know, bigger and more commonly used than Facebook. Um, and the largest demographic on that site and app are the younger people. And so I've constantly got to, I've got to, uh, I need to appeal to the younger people to get them into the club. So I had to learn the TikTok at the age of 38. Oh yeah. That was uh, so hard, wasn't it? It was, it was kind of <laughs> annoying. I did, you know, I, I, I'm kind of getting to the age where I constantly don't want to keep learning these new platforms I wish that everybody would just keep using Facebook and Instagram forever, but they're not. Uh, so anyhow, the videos that I was posting on the club's TikTok are actually doing very, very well, and they're being received very positively, and they're getting a lot of views. And that caused me to spend more time on TikTok, and I've become obsessed with it. Uh, just like YouTube, 
as you go through and follow people and like their videos and whatnot, you begin to fall into an algorithm where they now start to show you videos automatically that are similar to the ones that you've already liked. So I've sort of fallen into the weird part of TikTok where all of the creators that are being shown to me are in the LGBTQ community uh, and, you know, mostly LGBTQ community content. Uh, One of the popular features on TikTok is to take somebody else's audio and lip sync over it and kind of do your own thing with it. And one of the popular things recently was a clip of Adam Driver from the show Girls. He had just been broken broken up with and he's sitting in a diner uh, and he takes a sip of his soup and just goes, good soup. Good soup. Good soup. See, I was thinking a cool whip. Yeah. But so people keep taking that like that three second clip and applying it to their own videos. Uh, Something bad happens and they just say good soup or something like that. Oh, boy. Yeah. So were you using that clip anywhere or why do we get on the uh, good soup? I can't remember why now. Because I was talking about (laughs) fall and how I like to make soup good soup oh yes yeah (laughs) yeah pumpkin spice (laughs) you should start a new one jason pumpkin spice pumpkin spice well you have to be uh you have to be mildly entertaining and i'm not so (laughs) you're you're entertaining (laughs) well according yeah you should see uh you'll have to take a look at my newest tiktok video that i just put up today on the club site it's also it's it's also not a joke uh It's it's funny, but it's not a joke. Am I allowed in the club with two penises? <laughs> yes, you are allowed in the club with two penises. No, it's about an upcoming <laughs> it's about an upcoming pumpkin spice product that we're going to be selling. Pumpkin spice condoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I'm sending I'm sending you the clip of the uh, of the new video on the club's website or on Can the we play the audio on. in the show here. Uh, I say the F word. Oh, that's fine. We say the F word. Here we go. Fudge. Yeah. Okay, let me just go ahead and we'll play it here. Hey, everyone. Do you like pumpkin spice? Of course you fucking do. Double Scorpio has a pumpkin spice scent that we'll be getting soon. Keep an eye out. Anyways, um, so... Speaking <laughs> of uh, poppers... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who who know what poppers are. There's a brand called double Scorpio and we just ordered a ton of the pumpkin spice scent. (laughs) Anyways, um, speaking of of poppers, there was a news article about who makes poppers and everything. And it's a very, very um, underground business. Yeah. Yeah. It's only a few companies that make them. Mm -hmm. Apparently there's two different companies that make rush. I never knew this one makes it on the East coast. One makes it on the West coast and it's not a sexual aid. It's VCR head cleaner. Yeah. So um, it's definitely an interesting read. I'm not going to link to it here or anything there, but yeah, definitely look for it online there. I think it was like in the Atlantic or something. 
Yeah, I read that article. It is um, it is as I had always suspected. I mm-hmm. uh, and pretty much um, pretty much all of the contents of every single bottle. Uh, now I'm not talking about the stuff that you buy online and have shipped, you know, overseas. But yeah. when you walk into your adult bookstore or your bathhouse and you see they've got 25 different brands of this stuff, the majority of it is the exact same thing with a different label on it. Even the big name brands like Rush and then there's Rush Gold and there's Rush Black and there's Super Rush. And I didn't make any of those up. They all exist. Oh, yes. They are all the exact same thing. (laughs) They have the exact same ingredients. There is no difference. They came from the same machine and just have different labels on them. They're all amyl nitrates and, you know, uh, one or two other things. Uh, The only one that's really different is the double Scorpio, but it's the same stuff with just a little bit of extra stuff added to make it smell different. Mm, Yeah. Or uh, do they all cost the same? That's the question. Uh, no. <laughs> well, yes. All of the ones that I just told you about, they all pretty much do cost the same. I imagine different brands cost different prices there, but like different, you know, um, different categories of the same thing. That may depend on where you're buying it and what the retailer has has priced it as. But buying wholesale, they all cost the same thing. Oh, okay. Uh, except for the double Scorpios, a little bit more expensive. So the uh, retailer is probably going to charge a little more for double Scorpio in, in return. Because you have the pumpkin in there, you know? So. Yeah, they've got like pumpkin yeah. and there's one that's like a floral scent. Uh, and there's one that's like a peppermint scent and all kinds of stuff. I don't know why pumpkin spice got such a bad rap. That's um, a great scent, you know? I, I, I think it's just the whole entire idea of it there it's basically you know white girl wasted yeah it became popular for a little while to hate on that sort of thing yeah uh and then of course there are the people who are frustrated when they start seeing that stuff pop up in like august and it's not even fall yet and you know stuff like that but i don't care about any of those things i don't care what time of year it is except for american horror story Mm mm-hmm i don't know why but i refuse to start watching american horror story yet because to me, American Horror Story is always something that I watched when it was cold out and I would be eating like a warm dinner and wrapping up with a blanket on the couch. Well, now you're just too busy trying to hire people, huh? Oh, my God. Yeah, this. <laughs> you don't have time uh, to watch anything. Huh? Yeah, the, the hiring. Uh, there's, we've, there's so much going on with the employees at my club right now. Somebody had put up a request off like months and months and months ago for this week to go to a festival. And we desperately wanted to honor it because they'd had the request off up for so long. So we let them go. Mm -hmm. Another guy gets strep throat. I, another guy, his family gets sick and goes to the hospital with COVID. Oh no. So now Uh, we have three people, huh? Now we've got three people. He tested negative but because of the potential exposure needed to take two weeks off, then while taking care of his family yesterday, he tests positive for COVID. So now we, we can't let him come back until he's uh, 14 days after a negative test. Uh, Hmm. 
Yeah. This has really kind of thrown the wrench in a lot of uh, folks' uh, plans and everything there. Yeah, absolutely. So now we've got, uh, we've got a couple employees working like super duper overtime, trying to cover some of the shifts, but not all of the shifts are covered. And then I tried hiring a new guy and we'll see if that works out just to cover some shifts. I don't know what's going to happen, but it has definitely been a crazy two weeks. I'm sorry to hear that there. Yeah. You're kind of seeing the ugly side of management now, you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so I've managed a bunch of different places, but I've never been in a situation where I've had such a difficult time getting shifts covered because there was so much happening all at one time. So luckily everything will eventually work itself out. That person number one will come back from their festival person. Number two is on antibiotics and isn't going to have strep forever. And person number three will come back 14 days after a negative test. I, uh, but for the next week or so, it's going to be rough. Yeah. You're seeing the ugly side of management there. Definitely. So yeah, and, yeah. absolutely. But you get through it and you move on and soldier on and go from there. So there was also some sad news this week. Uh, Norm Macdonald passed away unexpectedly at least uh, the rest of us here. Yeah. I guess he was dealing with a, a nine-year battle with cancer. He never announced it, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, I yeah. didn't I didn't know that. I did love Norm McDonald, though. He was from one of my favorite eras of Saturday Night Live, where I just felt like the entire cast was golden and every episode was funny. Oh, absolutely. And he loved everybody. You know, he had yeah. his famous uh, routine about uh, being a deeply closeted gay man and... <laughs> Jason, you've never heard that, have you? No, I don't think I have. Here you go. If this were a memoir, yeah. I would put juicy things from my own life. Right, right. Like, what kind of things would you put in there that nobody knows? Well, I guess the biggest thing that nobody knows about me is I'm a deeply closeted gay man. What? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you're a gay man? I'm not gay. I said I'm deeply closeted. <laughs> What? I'm Wait. as straight as an arrow. <laughs> Wait. So you're a gay man who won't admit it. No, no. Do you know what deeply closeted means? Yeah. It means a man who will not acknowledge that he's gay. Yes. So I'm telling you, I'm not gay. <laughs> I got a wife. I just you got, got a wife. I just That's... got married because I thought to uh, go through that charade to uh, keep appearances up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was he was very very funny and that is the type of of humor that i really appreciated from him when sometimes you know he always had the same tone of voice and the straight face and you kind of didn't know if he was joking or not the funny thing was he did the same routine on uh, larry king's uh tv show did he and yeah larry king was like oh really you know, he was thinking, oh, he's getting a big scoop. You know, Norm McDonald's yeah. coming out as gay. He's like, no, I'm deeply closeted. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just takes the whole entire logic thing and just, you know, completely flips it on, on its head there. Because yeah. you're like, wait a second. What does he mean there? <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh, it, he was uh, he was fantastic. I thought he was fantastic as the host of Weekend Update. I would stay up late on the weekends uh, when I was younger and watch SNL. And he was part of that cast at the time. It was just amazing. Plus he had a Bob Dole. Yeah. I'm Bob Dole. <laughs> I liked that character. And then on Jeopardy, he played uh, Burt Reynolds or 
Turd Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that the uh, Celebrity Jeopardy with Will Ferrell was probably one of my favorite sketches of all time. I'll take anal bum cover for 100. <laughs> yeah. I think I quoted that uh, those sketches all throughout high school. The penis mightier. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is our final episode for those of you that don't know, because we didn't tell you now we're telling you. Well, Jason, it, hold on. You left out an important part of that there. What? You just said this is our final episode. Well, I was about to continue. Well, you you put something in between that you shouldn't have. Well, I mean, there was a there was a comma. <laughs> it was a comma, and then another sentence, and then a comma, and then I was going to say four twenty one. This season, yeah. <laughs> this is our final episode this season. Yes. Yes. Oh man, yeah, because you made it sound like we're done. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> You, you cut me off. I was about to clarify. <laughs> well, because we're done, that's why I cut you off. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, all right. I'm going to just start all over and say it the way I wanted to. So this is our final episode. For those of you that don't know, because we didn't tell you, but we're telling you now, this is our final episode for 2021. We have uh, 28 episodes under our belt for season one, and uh, we're very, very proud of that. Season one has been a very weird and incredible journey for me. I had strongly believed that Joe and I would just be talking into the abyss and that nobody would ever listen. And it would just be something fun for me and him to do to kind of uh, get uh, together and pass some time during the quarantine. And then the quarantine ended and we kept going. And it turns out that along the way, some people actually listened to us. <laughs> Yeah, surprising, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Got nominated for uh, Best of Pittsburgh Award. That was kind of interesting there. Or pre-nominated, I guess we should say there in that regards. Yeah, it was just interesting and very, very exciting that somebody thought of us. And even this weekend, um, when I was at the bar doing my job there, somebody I hadn't seen in a while there said, hey, I listened to your show. And and, uh, then they went like, yeah, you're really smart. I'm like, you haven't listened to the show, have you? <laughs> <laughs> when I posted the link last week, uh, my friend Jackie commented and said that she really enjoyed, uh, she got a lot of enjoyment out of listening to us. So here's a shout out to Jackie. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, also, too, it's just, you know, in those cases there, sometimes you just need a little bit of a break. TV shows take breaks. We're taking a break as well come back new and energized and I'll be graduated from school. Yeah, absolutely. At that point there and all days will be through. So we'll have a hell of a lot to talk about come January. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, and I'm going to repeat this at the end of the episode, but you're welcome to subscribe so that you don't miss when we do come back for season two, which will be in uh, early 2022. Yeah, and also too, uh, we're working on some new projects and everything there. So uh, you may see some of that stuff crop up on our Facebook feed as well. So make sure you subscribe there as well to keep track of what we're doing. We'll still continue the post there and also on our website, maybe write some blogs and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely continue to check out our website. Uh, there will be new content on the website between seasons. Absolutely. 
Nope. Uh, however, the way that we just talked about the end of the season kind of made it feel like the end of the episode, but it is not. We're going to take a break and come back with the news as Not Straight Cast continues after this. If ensuring speed and security for your websites is a top priority for you, then search no further than Vox Onyx's shared website hosting plans. Vox Onyx uses SSD-powered servers and provides numerous site acceleration tools that will make your websites load noticeably faster. Additionally, Vox Onyx has deployed ZFS data storage to shield your website contents from corruption. Also, Voxonix will manage the task of migrating all the websites you need to their system at no cost to you. Get started with a free 30-day trial. You don't even need a credit card at voxonix.com. That's V-O-X-O-N-X.com. Afterwards, it's only $4.42 per month. Visit voxonix.com to get started now. Welcome back to Not Straight Cast. So Jason, how was your coffee break? Well, it was sort of a uh, a coffee and work break. Uh, uh, some new developments and shift covering and you know stuff like that happened while I was gone. So I uh, I had to uh, I had to stay away a little bit longer than usual uh, because I was taking care of getting the schedule for today coordinated. Once again, sounds like you're having fun being a manager. You wish now you were not taking that job, huh? No, oh my God, no. I I love this job. It's a little bit stressful, but uh, I love this job. It's uh, it's amazing. It's more or less you're trying to fix problems, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and- I'm definitely, definitely not upset about problem solving. I get a little upset when there's nobody to cover a shift and I have to go do it myself. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, not not a big deal. Hmm. So, anyways, uh, we're now in the part of the show where it's time for the nudes. Nudes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Twitch has sued two users who allegedly bombarded people of color and LGBTQ people with racist, sexist, anti-gay content while streaming, and created alternative accounts to avoid being banned. Uh, So the lawsuit alleges that users cruise control spelled C-R-U-Z-Z-C-O-N-T-R-O-L and creatine overdose used bots to conduct hate raids on streamers who identify as racial minorities and or members of the LGBTQ community, spamming their chats with a torrent of racial slurs, personal identifying information, descriptions of violence against marginalized communities and links to gore videos. Although the platform first suspended and then permanently banned these users known Twitch accounts, they allegedly created new accounts and kept changing their self-described hate raid code to avoid being found and banned again. So this is something that uh, you actually see a lot of. Do you watch much Twitch, Joe? 
Um, I don't watch a lot of it anymore, but I have watched it in the past. I've never seen this, though. I guess oh, you gotcha. have. I have uh, a number of times. A lot of it, uh, some of it is due to uh, hate in regards to racism and homophobia and things like that. A lot of it is more just immature pettiness. Uh, so let's say you were streaming on Minecraft and I was streaming, you were streaming on uh, Minecraft on Twitch and I was streaming Minecraft on Twitch, but you were more popular than me and you were doing better than me and I was immature and petty. I would gather up uh, all of my people as well as maybe write some code to automatically generate text and whatnot. And I would come on to your stream and just say hateful things and spam code uh, and text in the chat in an effort to get you to stop streaming. But I would do it anonymously, you know, uh, so that then I could start streaming and all of your viewers would have to go find somebody else who is playing Minecraft, hopefully me. You know what I mean? I mean, have you ever even tried to watch a chat? in twitch like if it's a somewhat popular channel they usually scroll by so fast that right you can't even see right half of what's going on there these bots are spamming uh like paragraph uh, uh worth of uh just like swear words and derogatory words uh and that's spamming over and over and over and over and over again so making the chat useless then huh making the chat completely useless yeah and the chat is where a lot of the revenue on twitch comes from because people will pay for uh super chats and highlighted chats and stuff like that and that's where they pay two or three or five or sometimes 10 50 100 dollars to have their comments show up much larger and be I uh, read by uh, an AI voice. So if the chat is completely filled with all of this hate and you can't get a word in edgewise, you're not going to pay that money to have your, your comment show up as highlighted because it's just going to scroll right past faster. The harassment that was allegedly unleashed was so relentless that some of the streamers were forced to stop streaming on the platform, which would obviously cause them some financial hardship, uh, taking away their income. Uh, and as the attacks on people of color and queer gamers intensified over the past few weeks, users organized a boycott of the platform under the hashtag a day off Twitch, which resulted in nearly 20,000 fewer streamers than average that day and 400,000 fewer viewers than the week before. Many users have also expressed their frustration with the persistent harassment by using the hashtag Twitch do better. Twitch has attempted to address these concerns somewhat. Uh, in December, it updated its hateful content and harassment policy to explicitly ban hate groups and to be tougher on sexual harassment, among other changes. In April of this year, Twitch announced that it would start banning people who harass other users offline and on other platforms. But the problem with this is that uh, even these two 
uh, people in the lawsuit, cruise control and creatine overdose, they frequently created new accounts uh, to do the same thing. And they would bounce between from new account to new account to new account so that they wouldn't be detected. And it took a long time for them to be associated with with any of this because they did that. So well, they still not, don't know their names either. Yeah, they still don't know these people's names. They think they know the countries that they're from. Uh, but, you and know, that's overseas. Yeah. But that's about it. So what they need to do is I. Uh, add some IP tracking into the account creation process, which I know can be surpassed by VPN. Uh, but it would just add an extra layer of difficulty there for the people like cruise control and creatine overdose. We need the internet police. <laughs> oh my dear Lord. But yeah. yeah, it's uh it's something that you can't really get away from, but when you're on an app that's, that caters to so many, uh, you know, younger people. And then you add the competitiveness of gaming and the competitiveness of uh, content creation. I'm really surprised the same thing's not happening on Twitch and other places or uh, TikTok and other places. Oh, it's probably going to happen here eventually. Yeah. It, Just happen, wait. Just give it time. Everywhere. Yeah. So. Next, we have some sports news. Las Vegas Raiders star Carl Nassib has made history as the first openly gay player to play during an NFL game. Nassib contributed to the Raiders nail-biting 33-27 win over the Baltimore Ravens on Monday, September 13th. Nassib, who came out publicly as gay in June, told reporters that he was happy the team got the win on the day. I kind of made a little bit of history. I had a lot of people come before me in the LGBTQ community that helped me get to where I am. And I'm super thankful for that, Nassib said. He added that the atmosphere in the stadium that night was absolutely bananas and then said that the team loved the enthusiasm from fans, according to CNN. This was my first experience of Raiders fans, by far the best NFL fans I've ever seen, the defensive lineman added. Nassib caused a game-changing fumble, which clenched the win in overtime helping the Raiders earn their third straight season opening win. Raiders head coach John Gruden hinted that there was every chance that Nassib could play in future games. According to USA Today, he said that Nassib had a great training camp and the team will need him there, obviously, as we move forward in the season. Yet another reason for conservatives to boycott the NFL. Right? <laughs> but no, seriously, I, I think what really what it boils down to is just be a good player you know yeah doesn't matter you know absolutely so absolutely yeah i think that that's fantastic i'm not a big football guy i uh spent a lot of time watching football as a kid because i came from a big big steelers family yeah uh, if we know anything about fans here in pittsburgh it's definitely pittsburgh Steelers fans we probably would say are some of the best fans out there yeah I, my family, they were obsessed with, uh, with Pittsburgh football. We were fortunate enough to go to some of the games at uh, three rivers stadium. And I, I spent a lot of time watching football. I never got super into it though. And I never really followed what was going on in the NFL as a whole, just what was going on during the particular Steelers game that I was watching. 
but I still think that this is a fantastic thing. Absolutely, because if you remember uh, the last person who was getting close to actually playing in the NFL who was openly gay was Michael Sam. Yeah, I don't boy, remember did he that. Go down a, boy, did he go down into a rat hole of uh, depravity. Did he? Yeah, but he got himself clean now. So Good. We'll see what happens with him there. But, yeah, he kind of uh, threw away his chances there. Uh, it's kind of a sad story. Definitely check it out online there. I will check it out. And you go check it out, too, listener at home. Also, speaking of firsts, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America has installed its first openly trans bishop, Reverend Megan Roher. According to The Independent, they are the first trans person to serve as a bishop in the domination or any of the major Christian oh, you know what? faiths. <laughs> I just realized denomination hmm. is what that should say. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought it should say. <laughs> It's a few letters missing out of that domination. I'm going to whip you until you love God. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I was like, okay, domination doesn't sound right, but I don't know anything about church, so we'll just yeah. go with it. <laughs> All right. According to the Independent, they are the first trans person to serve as a bishop in the denomination or any of the major Christian faiths in the U.S. Roher told the congregation and crowds gathered outside the cathedral that they hoped their installation could bring hope to the LGBTQ community. Roher previously served as a pastor in San Francisco and as a chaplain coordinator for the city's police department. They were elected in May to serve for a six-year term after the then bishop announced his retirement. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, the new bishop is married and has two children. Ross Murray, an ELCA deacon and senior director of the GLAD Media Institute, told the advocate in a statement that Roher's installation is a historic step in the LGBTQ leadership in the church and will be a continuation of their tireless work for their whole ministry. They recognize the face of God in the marginalized and the privileged, he said, and focus their ministry on the youth, the homeless, people of color, LGBTQ people, and others historically left out of the life of the church. Well, that's some great news, isn't it? Huh? Fantastic. Yes, we have an openly trans bishop and uh, an openly gay NFL person. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, nice here that there are some good things happening in this world, believe it or not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, things seem like they've been on the uptick this week here, too. Yeah, well, especially uh, relatively compared to last week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, but like like, like turning back to the uh, Lutheran Church here, the evangelical ones. Yeah. You know, this is what being Christian is all about. You know? Mm-hmm. You take care of the poor, the youth, the homeless. Yeah. People of color, LGBT people. You take care of those people who are in the margins, along with the regular folk as well. You know, absolutely. You know, everybody is welcome. That's what that means. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you just, you know, intentionally discriminate, right? In an attempt to hate. And I'm not sure what happened with Christianity that got so warped that people think that hate is an appropriate thing to bring into the church. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's un- it's obviously it has happened, and it needs to be out of the church. And the holier-than-thou attitude. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lutherans are really the ones who are actually exemplifying what, you know, God's teachings mean yeah. in the world, you know? Yeah. 
Anyways, um, so if you need something fun to do after church, mm-hmm. disgrace former Representative Aaron Schock and former U.S. Ambassador Richard uh, Grinnell have been named as guests of honor at a pride gathering of gay Trump supporters. Hosted by the Log Cabin Republicans, Outspoken Pride in Nashville, Tennessee, promises a rare gathering of gay MAGA fans and allies for panels, parties, and Sunday brunch. It's telling that the horror show is headlined by Shock, whose claim to GOP queerdom comes after years of vehemently opposing LGBTQ equality. The former congressman's voting record shows that he voted against lifting the ban on LGBTQ people in the military against extending hate crime protections to include sexual orientation and gender identity and in favor of the Defense of Marriage Act. He resigned in disgrace in 2015 following a scandal involving his alleged misuse of public and campaign funds, but hit the news again in March 2020 when he came out as gay after being photographed shoving dollar bills down a male stripper's underwear at Coachella. Lucky ticket holders can also hear from Richard Grinnell, Trump's deeply unpopular ambassador to Germany, whose alleged global campaign to decriminalize homosexuality was labeled a sham by actual activists. In similarly sketchy news, he was also found to have undisclosed financial links to Hungary's far-right government, one of the most homophobic regimes in the world. Other Republican luminaries include D-list celebrity singer Ricky, American Rebel, and right-wing podcaster Spencer Clavin, who will be performing as the preacher, whatever the hell that means. They're joined by the proudly transphobic lesbian YouTuber Ariel Scarcella, who believes that gender fluid and non-binary people don't exist because they don't support Trump. <laughs> wow. Anyways, a handful yeah. of other internet shysters and self-proclaimed political gurus will fill the roster with speakers including Representative Josh Higginbottom, Representative Joe Alexander, and Representative Eddie Manis, who are all Republicans. So, you know, I don't think that I can, well, I absolutely can't relate to the log cabin Republicans liking Trump or anything like that. But one thing that I can relate to is, uh, you know, who has not shoved dollar bills down a male stripper's underwear at Coachella? I mean, we've all done that. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I remember last year when I was at Coachella. Yeah, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> either that, either I might be thinking of Lucky's. Uh, oh wait, yeah, you're thinking might be of getting the, it yeah. mixed up with the local strip bar, but yeah, the local gay strip bar. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I mean, it's just seriously, what a more self-hating group of people. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I. Also, speaking of people who would fit into this category, uh, the celebrity edition of Big Brother Australia with Caitlyn Jenner comes out soon. Uh, We should watch that. Yeah, and she got like 2% of the vote in the whole entire uh, recall election in California. Yeah. Gavin Newsom held on to stay in office for Uh, obvious reasons, like he's actually smart. Yeah. You know? I mean, granted, made mistakes, but, you know, it's still not enough to kick you out of office, you know? Right. Right, right. Well, moving on, Joe, do you know what time it is? Yes, it is for this season, the last moment of conclusion. So to finish up this season, we're going to leave this on a good note here. 
Admirers of Father Michael Judge, the New York City Fire Department chaplain who died on September 11th, have asked for the priest to be considered for sainthood. So Judge is remembered as a hero of the attacks on the World Trade Center on September 11th. He arrived at the World Trade Center shortly after the first plane hit that morning. The chaplain went with firefighters and other first responders into the North Tower to find and rescue survivors of the horrific attack. As he prayed in the North Tower's lobby for the rescuers, the victims, and the dead, he was killed by debris from the falling South Tower, making him the first recorded victim of 9-11. So on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, some of Judge's many admirers have called for him to be granted sainthood. Jesuit priest James Martin, who is a staunch LGBTQ advocate in the church, told the Associated Press that Michael Judge showed that you can be gay and holy. According to the outlet, he was a gay man who devoted himself to serving the vulnerable populations of New York City. He worked to help the homeless and founded one of the first Catholic HIV and AIDS ministries in New York City at the peak of the AIDS crisis in the 80s. The process to make someone a saint, also known as canonization, is lengthy and complex. It takes several years or even decades from start to finish. However, in 2017, Pope Francis added a new pathway to a possible sainthood for people who sacrifice their lives for others. According to the NPR, this new category includes criteria for if the individual freely and voluntarily offers their lives in the face of certain and soon-to-come death. This person needed to embody Christian values before and after their death, and they must have performed a miracle. Reverend Lucas Escalante, who has investigated possible sainthood causes for the Vatican, told the AP that he received several testimonies supporting Michael Judge's canonization after this 2017 announcement. Escalante said several counts described the 9-11 hero as the best icon of humanity. Francis D. Bernardo, leader of the LGBTQ Catholic advocacy group New Ways Ministry, told the AP that he was among those who provided testimonies to Escalante about Judge's life and work. He added that he would be forming a group to promote Michael Judge's sainthood with the help of firefighters, LGBTQ people, and other communities Judge worked with. That's Isn't fantastic. That just a lovely story. Yes. However, uh, so I I've never looked into the pathways to sainthood, uh, and I'm not familiar with it. Uh, so seeing this article raises uh, a question for me, and I don't know if you have any familiarity with this or not, but what would be considered a miracle? Something that cannot be explained, I guess. Yeah. But it's also one of those cases there um, where pretty much there had to be documented. Yeah. You know, other people had to see it there and whatnot. So, yeah. Becoming a saint is not easy. I, apparently not. It doesn't sound like it at all. Uh, the article that we pulled this information from also doesn't seem to list whether or not there are any recorded instances of a miracle. Uh, but yeah, that's just, that sounds ridiculously hard to become a saint. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, well, on that note, I think we should wrap it up now that we've finished a good story. Although this season has come to an end, we will be back before you know it. Subscribe to us on your preferred platform so that you don't miss new episodes when season two starts. All 28 of our season one episodes are available for you to catch up on. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, and just about anywhere else where you go for your podcasts. 
Also, check out NotStraightCast.com, which has links to our previous shows, our Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter pages, our Discord server, the NotStraight.store, blogs, news, and more. And if you like us, please suggest us to a friend and leave a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. This season of Not Straight Cast is a wrap. We'll return in January 2022 with our second season. We want to thank you so, so much for listening to our show. And until next time, have a not straight one. Bye for now.